Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. It's a show where conversations save lives. This is episode 120. My name is Jeff. With me tonight, DW. Man, how you doing? Good. I, I might sound like I have a cold, and I do, but... No big deal. Everybody gets them once in a while. So other than that, I'm doing fine. I'm excited to be with you, be with Jason, and and have a discussion, hopefully, that goes somewhere. Kind of that kind of season right now, colds and sickness. And tonight, you can be a part of this conversation with us. If you got a thought, an idea, anytime on the show, jump on that tweet back. Be a part of the conversation with us tonight. We're on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Jason's back on the show with us, man, you're looking good every single week. Are you wearing shorts? Uh, not quite yet. Not coconut quite oil. Yet. I, I, even though I'm thinking, yeah, coconut oil. <laughs> 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 I just have that natural glisten, yeah. what can I say? <laughs> but uh, no, in my mind, I wish I could wear shorts because I'm, I'm knee deep in thinking about summer, but it's it's not quite there yet. Even though we've we've gotten some teases here along the we way. Have. You know, it's kind of warmed up where you think, oh, it's here, but then it's Jason, not. Jason, do you think other people want you to wear shorts? Uh, do you ever think of that? Do you want me to wear shorts? Not really. Is that what you're implying? Not really. I, I, you have a smirk on your face. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> He's always got that smirk. You, you know what? I, I, I don't think anybody ever wants me to wear shorts either. I mean, I, I, I mean, I wear shorts. I look like a beached whale out there. But, but people are people are wearing say. their they're grabbing their sunglasses and going, Dave. What's with the legs, man? They're, <laughs> They're blinding. Yeah. They're blinding. You know, once I played with a, a lady at a haircut place, they just put in these tanning booths. And, you know, I like just messing around with people's minds. So I'm, I'm, yeah. And I'm getting a haircut. My idea when I get a haircut is, you know, hurry up. I, I want to get out of here. <laughs> sure. So I'm getting a haircut. And she goes, well, we just got tanning booths. And, and we got this deal if you're interested in tanning. She's talking to this old guy about tanning. You know, and I'm, I looked at her. I go, what's wrong with my skin? <laughs> and she goes, oh, nothing, sir. I said, what happens if I like being real white? <laughs> oh, that's fine, sir. And she, she was going out now apologizing. And that's hilarious. I said, you know, I'm from Sweden. <laughs> we, we like white skin. And, and, and eventually I said, look, I'm just playing with you, but thank you. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. What, what's wrong with white skin? Oh, I, I, you would do that. Yeah, I'm just, I enjoy, you know, but yeah, if, if I ever wear shorts, you know, I, I've had blood clot issues so like it really has to be hot for me to wear shorts and i always have stuff up to my knees to try and but i won't do that with shorts on so if i wear shorts you are talking really white i mean really <laughs> really really white so you don't want to see that and <laughs> that, w- that would be quite the experience yeah yeah Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, you would no. do that. And, and just our luck would be that this young lady is listening to the show tonight, and she's like, that guy, he rattled me the entire day. So Oops. I think you might have caused her some trauma. So maybe this is a good time that you can clear that up with her. I'm very sorry. Send her a peep. <laughs> yeah, send her a peep. He'll enjoy that. A white uh, one. <laughs> yeah. 
Real white. Do they even make white ones? Yes, they do. Of course okay. they do. Hey, tonight we're going to pick up this conversation talking about true community. Can't believe it's going to be March already. And this time of year tends to be, at least in Wisconsin, if you're in Florida, you're probably like... I don't get what you guys are talking about, but this is the t- kind of the grueling part of the year. There's no football. Uh, there, you know, it's not quite nice enough to get outside and do stuff. If it does get nice, it gets muddy. And so this time of year tends to be a little bit difficult for people to kind of, you know, just grit their teeth and bear through the, the March and April time of the year. And this week and maybe in the next couple of weeks, guys, talking about true community and what that really means, what tends to happen when we get uncomfortable or we get anxious or you call it cabin fever, whatever you want to call it, we tend to want to stay inside and kind of close up a little bit because we're anxious, we're you know, waiting, we're just trying to pass the days by. And I, I think sometimes that can rob us of true community. One thing that everybody's looking for is true community. People that are around them, that love about them, that care about them, that, you know, as we talked about mentorship last month, people that, you know, again, will help navigate through some of the difficulties in life instead of seeking out true community. This time of year, even from a youth ministry perspective, I found that, you know, kids would stop coming to youth group. They'd stop connecting. Um, so they might be there. They might be around other people, but they're not really engaging in real community. And I see this happening and maybe you want to call it apathy, whatever, but this time of year tends to be that kind of apathetic, let's just grit our teeth and bear it and get through it, guys. Do you have that sense that this is kind of where we're at right now? I do, and I also think that it's it's that way in a lot of life. I mean, people are always looking forward to the next change. One of the things I found that you have to do is embrace where what's going on today with the people around you. For example, winter. Mm. I was with a group of people, and I say, man, I love winter. And they said, ah, we hate being cold. And I said, well, you didn't hear me. I didn't say I love being cold. I love winter. Mm. And, and I said, you know, there's a huge difference there. Why do you love winter? Because you can do some things in winter that you can't do any other time of the year. You can cross-country ski. You can enjoy the snow, go out and you know, throw snowballs at people, that kind of stuff. You can do stuff in the winter. It has a certain look. And, and what I found is whatever season you're in, if you can embrace its uniquenesses, then you enjoy it while you're in it, and then you look forward to the next part of uh, what, what changes, and it, it's okay. The fall, you know, you love you love the trees. The spring, like right now, we call it mud season up here. We don't even pretend that it's not. That's if we actually do get a spring. That's if we do get a spring. That was one of the things that was weird when I moved up here from Chicago area, Jason. I don't know if you felt the same way, but it like went from winter to summer. Yeah, my first year here, which was a few years ago, we had snow and ice on the lake. I think it was May 6th. Yeah. There, that's not, there's no spring there. No. Because then the next weekend, it was like 75 degrees. I'm right. Like, uh, what, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> hey, and that's what shocked me, too. We went from winter to summer. Yeah. And if there is a season in between, we call it the mud season. It's really that's small. True. And it's nasty. Yeah. It's just mud. I mean, and yeah. so you got to go out and enjoy that mud season. You know what? You know how I learned to enjoy it when I was your age, though? Uh, tell me. Maple syrup. Ah, yes. You got to make maple syrup with your family. Delicious. Yeah, so you go out there and do something. I mean, you can still do something and make it. So I can remember standing in the mud in my driveway with a big pan, with a fire, my kids, scraping off the foam off that, that sap, as it, you know, and, and they would put it in their mouth and have a big smile and have that foam all over their mouth. You know I mean? It's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it, you, what can you do during mud season? Well, you can make syrup. 
That's true. So go out and make syrup and, and enjoy yourself and do something you can. You, nobody else, you know, other places can't do it. You take advantage of the area you're in. Yeah. So I would encourage people. Not only that, you do it with people. We're talking about community. Yeah. So you, you need to go do things with other people during that time period that you can only do during that time period. Otherwise, if you go and do syrup by yourself, it'd be, probably be really boring. It would be because there's not much going on there. <laughs> Let's go say. watch. Yeah, let's yeah. go watch some boiling water. It's like watching an ice cube melt. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. much going But you know what you can do? That, that's a great time to go grab a bunch of people and go play some three-on-three basketball tournaments or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because during the middle of the summer, you're not going to want to be in the gym. Right. So do it during the mud season. That's right. And, and it's those kinds of things where there's always something out there you can, you can look at and say, instead of sitting here, um, have you ever noticed that if you focus on what you can't do, you get bummed out, whereas mm-hmm. if you focus on what you can do, yeah. you look forward to the day. You know, and I think even if you focus on the community aspect, it, it almost enlightens it too, because regardless of the time of year, I don't know about you, but hanging out with people and just doing an activity with people is always enjoyable. Right. And so if you look at the things that you can do in a certain given season, you know, enjoy it, yep. you know, and take advantage of it, because that's that's where the, you experience the, the joy that you're looking for and the happiness. Yep. Um, otherwise, if you just focus on yourself and what you're missing out on, then, oh, man, you're just going to keep digging yourself in a deeper hole because it's, it's going to be wet, nasty, and that for a little bit. So yeah. there you go. All right. Well, this is a good place to start. I think it's a simple way of looking at it. But, you know, if you've been feeling apathetic recently, things are just kind of like blah. You're not alone. There are a lot of people today that are feeling that same way. And first of all, you can chat with the live coach anytime if you are feeling some of those things, just trying to find some motivation uh, to get through this season. This can be a difficult time of year. And you know what? It doesn't matter if it's March or April or June or whatever. Those feelings don't always just tend to be one one time of the year. So we're going to talk about this and what it truly means to live in true community tonight. We're going to check out Malachi. So you can, if you have your Bible and you want to check it out with us, we're going to look at the book of Malachi a little bit tonight. So you can check that out as well. And also look at the show notes at HopeNet360.com. This conversation is just getting started here at HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at hopenet360.com. Also, while you're there, if you need to, there are live coaches available to chat with. Check out hopenet360.com slash help for the live coaches. Jeff, DW, Jason with you tonight here on the show, guys. Leap years tomorrow, but after leap year, after this last day of February... Uh, we'll be into March, April, which can kind of be some of those months, at least in Wisconsin, where I found that it's really, really easy to get apathetic and in some ways complacent, lack of motivation, lack of sense of urgency. And, and this is hard because every kid, I think, at least if you're in high school or in school of some kind, you're looking forward to this week or weekend called spring break, you know, the time where you just get a break and then you can really have a lack of motivation and really not do anything, you know, sit around and not have to think about homework as much as you're trying to avoid doing homework. Even today, uh, you're just trying to get through that time and, and then get to your break where you can do absolutely nothing. I don't know why this is. It may not just be a March thing or an April thing or this spring kind of a thing or pre-spring 
kind of mentality. This happens a lot. And I, I, I get concerned and, and it kind of, it bothers me because I've been apathetic. And I think the worst thing that I could do for myself is tell myself you need to stop being apathetic. That never really worked. It was never a motivational speech. Like I'm sitting there on the couch and I'm like, dude, I'm so apathetic right now. Like I really have no motivation. I, I need to do this. And I, I really don't even, I want to watch TV. I want to just play video games. Like I just, I don't know how to pull myself out of that sometimes. And I think there are young people and even parents. How do I tell my kid to stop being apathetic? You know, how do I get them to have a sense of urgency when they absolutely do not have a desire to do that? And some parents are like in the, in, they're trying not to look at their kid right now, but they're thinking this same kind of thing. How do I, how do I instill that sense of urgency back in my kid? I've lost my kid. I've, we've lost this drive where things are just kind of going nose down all of a sudden. What do we do with this? And and does Malachi have anything, any insights to say about this? I think we can get to Malachi. But I think, too, we, we need to talk about the idea of apathy in the first place. I mean, you guys, have you ever got to the point where you just look forward to doing nothing? Um, I would say sometimes. Maybe I would say sometimes. Well, well, I don't know about nothing. Did you enjoy nothing. it? I don't know about nothing. Maybe I mean, what, what does nothing what look like to you? To me, nothing is like no responsibilities. So that's not going to happen. So unless, <laughs> unless, unless you just like totally pretend that doesn't happen. Well, it could. I could find a sitter for my kids. I could decide not to take a shower one day and, and just sit around. That'd, that'd be kind of gross. <laughs> In other words, yeah, just think of yourself and, and forget the rest of the world. I understand that. Right. Yeah, exactly. What about you, Jason? Every, what thrill do you get out of doing nothing? What do you do when you do nothing? I don't know. I, don't, I suppose I've never <clears> done <throat> nothing before. Yeah. See, it's a, it's a fallacy. It doesn't really exist anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's interesting is here's what I think we're saying, and I'm not sure. So you guys help me out here because I'm trying to, as a teacher, go after it and say, okay, people are apathetic at times. But I think it's because we overload ourselves. And on overload, we end up going into neutral to get away from everything, and that's doing nothing. But then we go to the extreme. Instead of understanding that we have to trim some things, we trim everything. Mm. And we're looking for that, I want to do nothing moment. You know, that's more the definition of somebody who just died and is laying in a casket. They're doing nothing. You and I aren't going to be in that situation. You know, I mean, that's not what we're looking at. We're looking at... All right, what is it in my life that is overloading me so that I want to just turn completely off? Mm. Years ago, my wife and I used to say, you guys go on vacations? Yeah. Okay, do you go when you're stressed out and everything, you just can't wait to walk out the door? I don't. Yeah. How about you, Jeff? We sometimes go on vacations, not a extended thing, but... What's the motivation for vacation? <laughs> to escape the life that I'm currently living in. Okay. Kind of to do this, to go do nothing and not have an agenda, that kind of thing, in some respects. Not necessarily that, but sometimes it is. I mean, sometimes you do get overly busy and things are crazy. If this is a time of year when you've got a lot of finals and projects stacking up. And and again, I go back to the feeling like there's just a lack of motivation. For some, it's you know letting go of responsibility. Yeah, and I'm all for it. I'm, I'm just wondering what the motive is for it all, because... When I used to, when I was younger, when I was your guy's age, um, I remember talking to a lot of um, families, guys that you know had young children, and 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 what they were saying to me was, "Oh man, I can't wait to, you know, I got vacation in three weeks. I'm going to go on that." Right. And, and normally it was, yeah, the first two days of my vacation, I ended up just recuperating, <laughs> you know, just doing just nothing. 
then I couldn't start enjoying things. Then my mind started to kick back into coming back, and I didn't enjoy the last two days. So I had one day of, hmm. of real enjoyment. And I used to look at them and think, really? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I didn't grow up doing a lot of vacations. I mean, I just didn't because my family didn't do that. But it, it, it's like, no kidding. So you go on vacation, and you're spending all this money for the first, you know, you fly somewhere, you're spending all this money, and for two days, you know, you're recuperating. So you're not doing anything. You're just kind of sleeping or whatever. And I, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying, okay. Then you enjoy stuff for a day, and then your mind starts to kick back to what you have to do when you get home, and now you're not on vacation anymore. Yeah, pretty much. That, yeah, that's interesting. So I, I remember talking to my wife about it and thinking, I never want to go on vacation because we have to. I want to go on vacation because we want to. Mm. And it changed how we do things. Oh, yeah. In other words, I don't want to ever, there's some phrases in my life that I don't want to employ. I don't want to ever thank God that it's Friday. Mm. You know, I, I don't want to do that. It's not that that's evil if you've done I, I mean, I just don't want to do that because I want to think, I want to thank God it's every day. I mean, I, it, it's like there's something special about every day. I want to live my life every day so that a vacation isn't necessary but enjoyable. Right. So, so that on day one I can go out and enjoy what we're going to do instead of just say i got to recoup first. Yeah. I mean, I've had guys, we, we, a lot of times we'll travel with somebody, and they'll sit there the first day we're out, and people will be trying to get them or something. They'll go, I'm not doing anything, man. I'm, I'm not answering anything. I'm not looking at anything. I'm not, okay. I mean, that's fine with me, but it looks like you're a prisoner. It looks like you, you've set yourself up in a way in life so that it's so stressful. And so is there another way to set up your life so that when you go on a vacation, you're not a grumpy person for a couple of days? Is there a way to do this? And that's how I would challenge you guys or, or audience. You know what? I think the apathy comes in life because we feel like we're stuck. We have so much to do. We are overwhelmed with everything that we just want everything to stop for a moment. Right. And, and yet when we do that, I mean, that's to me asleep at that point. You know what I mean? And maybe that's what you need. And you, but what happens if you get the right amount of sleep on a regular basis yeah. and you organize your life so you're not all stressed out? Then you got a different life. And yeah. you can actually enjoy the moments, I think, better. Mm -hmm. Said like a true old guy, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's good to hear that from your perspective because I know at your age, much like my age, I still like naps. And some of us feel like we just need a good oh, long nap naps. right now. You know, where it, it would just <laughs> that would do me well if I just had uh, some time. Give me you know like four or five hours. I'll nap for four or five hours. I Nothing know. wrong with naps. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I'm talking about overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean that that tends to be, and whether we like it or not, I mean, seasonal affect disorder. You can talk about that. There are realistic health things that go on this time of year when you're, you know, like I'm saying, you're you're just trying to figure out where that motivation comes in. Uh, maybe you made some New Year's resolutions, and this is you know that time of year where you're just barely hanging on to whatever whatever resolutions you have. You can actually live with motivation, even though you don't feel like it. And I think the goal of tonight's conversation is to help you realize that we can do this. We we can have motivation. There is a solution for it, but we have to willingly acknowledge it. And I think that's the important thing tonight as we talk on the show. And, and we're going to look at the Book of Malachi a little bit and just talk. You know, kind of start this conversation about building true community. And one thing that Malachi talks about that I want to get into, guys, is he, he really helps, I think, define what I would say is a worthless community. And, and Dave, you really brought up this this whole framework, and you've done a lot of teaching on Malachi, so I'd like to hear from you as we come back in the show. And, and I will say, before we go to the break, I think apathy really is a choice. We do choose 
to fall into apathy, whether we make the conscious decision or not. I'd like to hear from you guys tonight here on the show as we're going to talk about this community building and what this all means. Join us in the tweet back tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTB, and this conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Hey, we did spend some time the last month talking about what it means to be a live coach and getting involved in the lives of people that are all over, not only Wisconsin, but around our country as being a part of our online coaching team. So if you're still interested in that, we are still looking for some coaches to join our crisis chat line coaching team. You can check out hopenet360.com slash coach and find out what it means to be an online coach. You can do it right from the comfort of your own home on your own computer and give a couple hours a day, give a couple hours a week. It's something that's pretty simple and a great way to get started in the whole mentoring process, becoming a mentor. And there's some really great training that comes along with that. So you're you're never alone in the coaching part of it. If that's an interest to you and you're looking for an opportunity, check out our coaching lines, the coaching opportunities available at hopenet360.com slash coach. Jeff DW with you tonight here on the show. Thanks for joining us in this conversation. It's a hard one to kind of talk about because I think every one of us has experienced the the feelings of apathy. Maybe it's this time of year. Maybe you've been feeling it for a while. Realize that other people around you may be feeling just lacking motivation or they're feeling apathetic about life, about maybe their job or or their current situation. So, guys, we were kind of teasing the idea with Malachi. Malachi, Dave, you've done a lot of research, a lot of study in this book. And and one thing that I think is important to talk about tonight in understanding what it means to build true community, which is what every single one of us is looking for, the concern I have, and I think the concern that many youth leaders have and, and adults, while we feel apathetic as well, is that this could actually spread apathy and and motivation lacking motivation it's something when somebody sees somebody who's apathetic it almost kind of spreads like a virus do you find that yeah the the apathetic disease happens to mainly in nations that have too much have you ever been apathetic about food i mean how many times have i gone to the refrigerator opened it up looked and shut it go i'm hungry yeah that's so true to eat Right, and and an air fridge is full. Yeah, fridge is full. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. Unfortunately, that, that's pretty apathetic, right there. I yeah. mean, you, you can only do that if you were in a third world country and you haven't eaten for two days. You're going to look at that differently. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. See, life's different in different places. In the book of Malachi, I, I'm going to throw some stuff out here for you. First of all, the word Malachi means the Lord's messenger or, or messenger, and, and this is God's messenger. And if you look at how many times God is just direct quoted in here. It's a very interesting book just by itself in that in that context. But one of the things that you'll find if you read the book of Malachi, and I hope our listeners do, is that basically God keeps saying, you think this, you think this, but it's not true. And I ask myself the question, how can you live in a community that honestly believes something true, but it's not true, and therefore the whole community is suffering because of it? Mm. And And where is the person, where is the group that can stand up and say, what you believe isn't true, so that we can get out of it? It's really hard because we've already gotten the idea that a majority of people are right, so we're just listening to the majority. And that's why a community that actually loves God is so important. Let me, let me just read the first chapter. Second verse says, God speaking, he says, I have loved you, says the Lord, but you say, how have you loved us? Now, now that's a very interesting statement there. Normally, someone might lecture and say, I, I have loved you, and, 
and won't go into the mindset of somebody. But the author here, God, in, in essence, is saying, I know what you're asking. You don't think I love you. Because of something, you don't think I love you. Let me read the rest of that in context. It says, I have loved you. That's a statement, says the Lord. But you say, how have you loved us? Is not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord. Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. Whoa, whoa. Explain that one to me. Mm-hmm. How can God start off something talking about that? And why would that be the context of I've loved you? What was the difference between Jacob and what did, what did Esau do? I mean, all the way through the Bible, God doesn't paint Esau as a very positive picture. Mm-hmm. Why not? Well, it goes back to the, the porridge issue, doesn't it? Yeah, he's yeah. he's the king yeah. of the porridge people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the porridge people, I have an urge, I have a desire, i got to satisfy it. Right, mm-hmm. he was hungry, and so he gave over his birthright to his younger brother. And right. Not thinking of the future, nope. not thinking of anything, but right Just now. Instant right. gratification. Exactly. Yeah. So how how do people, what's the fruit of people who live like that? Well, you can get the, the temporary fix and lose out long term. That's You can. And not only that, right now, right now in life, I have a cold, all right? So I could say right now, I could go, God, if you love me, I wouldn't have this cold. I'm so into the moment. I so want it. Really? Yeah. Did you realize you got the cold because you picked your nose and you just, you know, rubbed some kid on the head before that with a cold? Gross. It's your issue. (laughs) (laughs) You get a cold and you get a cold and you get a. Yeah. I know, but, you know, the truth is, I know everybody gets a cold. You know, in the moment, God, and I'm saying, you know, God, how. How have you loved me? And God's thinking, huh? Yeah. <laughs> because you live in a world where there's systems and there's germs and you didn't take care of yourself and you got the germ and this is how it happened. And now you're blaming me for it? The truth is, sure, I could have stopped the cold and yeah, I could heal you right now. But most of the time, if you read the Bible, I let your choices happen and I let the... Now, what, what happens is you, Jason, and Jeff, we're a community right now. We're just talking, the three of us. So I'm just bringing a perspective as an older guy saying... You know what, there's so many times in a community where people talk about, I don't, you know, I don't know how God could allow this to happen. I had a guy contact me this morning, a guy I care very deeply for. He's a pastor, and he's suffering with some uh, bad news, if you want to call it, about some cancerous things. And I'm reading between the lines here, because he's not telling me everything, but I do know that it's a concern for lymph, lymph nodes, and he's going into oncologists and getting all. So I'm, I'm, I'm painting the picture in my head. He, he's communicating with me. I'm part of his community. What I'm encouraging him to do is actually use this experience to show the people that are getting chemo and those people who Jesus is because he's going to have a unique platform to do it. Mm, yeah. See, what the community did was start to take the eyes off of the moment mm. and start to look at the future. And that's what community can do. Mm-hmm. Individuals have a hard time with that sometimes because our nose is too close to the elephant, so the elephant's only dark gray and smelly. Yep, yeah. Back off a little bit and you get to see it. In your life, have there ever been times where you guys, I mean, you're, you're going through something, you go, well, how could God be doing this? Mm. Well, what do you need to get out of that? What if you don't have an answer? What do you need to get out of it? You need somebody in the community to come mm-hmm. alongside you yeah. and say, you know what? Let's take a look at what I know. Not what I feel right now. Yeah. Mm. But let's take a look at what I know. Uh, Jason, if you came to me and said something tragic was going on, I'd say, you know, Jay, does God love you? Yeah. Now, what am I doing? I'm just going to a place that a community member needs to go. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you I understand the situation. Mm-hmm. Does God love you? Does he have a plan? Yeah. Do you think his plan will make sense in the end? Yep. All I'm asking you to do is live that way. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking you to do something you don't know. I'm not asking you to do something you feel right now or anything else. See, the community jumps in at times of, of despair and at times of where things aren't clear. Now, if you don't have a community, uh, I, I remember once I was in, in Walmart, lady was standing there, she had a collar, I got in an accident. I, I didn't know her, and I made some gesture, and she came over, aren't you the guy that runs this club? Yes. And I said, what, what's with the collar? She told me about the accident. And I said, well, are you a part of a church? She said, no. I said, well, you should be. Hmm. Right, because you have needs right now, and, and those in the body of Christ, if you're a part of a church, would be helping you. And she just looked at me. You know, she was at our church, then she moved from the area, but every week until she moved. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that you saw her in Walmart, and you're saying, you have no community to go through this with? You're all by yourself? That's not good. Mm-hmm. We're made to be in community. We'll have to talk more about this, Jeff, in the next segment. Yeah, and Malachi does give us some framework. The first couple of chapters, I mean, there's some hard-hitting stuff in there, because I think we have to break through this facade of apathy. I mean, it's it's like a cloud. It's like... I mean, to try to convince somebody to not be apathetic, they're sitting there looking at you like, yeah, I know, okay, yep. Apathy itself can really be a virus and really infect us, and and if we don't pull out of it, if we don't acknowledge it, I think the first step is admitting that, just like I think the people here, what God's trying to do is to get their attention and say, look, you guys are apathetic. I mean, you're you're asking ridiculous questions. You you don't think that I love you? You don't think that I've cared for you? You don't think that I've gone before you and have made provisions in your life? Man, what world are you living in? I mean, that's kind of the, we're addressing the reality of things. And I think tonight, let's just address that we all struggle with apathy, with not feeling motivated or letting opportunities pass us by because I just don't feel like doing it. We're going to talk about this in the second half of the show and kind of break down some of our perspective and, and share some of our experiences with you and how we've kind of pulled through this and, and have helped others. And again, create an environment that really does foster a real community. And we, we want you to be a part of of that community building part of it. The second half of HopeNet Radio is coming up. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Connect with us right now on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTV. And if you miss any part of this conversation tonight, you can subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast at HopeNet360.com slash podcast using your favorite podcasting app. So you have a smartphone or a tablet. You can find us on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, any app that you use for podcasts, you can subscribe. Check out our website, HopeNet360.com. So Jeff. DW, Jason with you tonight here on the show. We're talking about apathy, but not only apathy and the fact that we're trying to overcome it, but to build true community. We spent some time talking about what it means to be a mentor and and the need to have mentors in our life last month in our last series. And, and this month, we want to talk about building true community. Every one of us, like it or not, we are in need. We have need 
for real community. God wired us for relationships. He created in us a desire to be around people and to have input in other people's lives. And it seems like when we get these feelings of apathy and we lack motivation, we pull away from relationships. We pull away from even some of the things that we enjoy doing, hobbies. And inside of us, maybe we're around people, but we're not really interacting. We're not really having a relationship with people. We're just sharing the same air, if you will. And I think there's danger in that, and especially if you are a part of maybe a church group or a youth group, the last thing we can afford to do is to withdraw from relationships. And yet this happens over and over and over again. Sometimes it's cyclical, sometimes it's seasonal. Either way, we all struggle with this. You called it putting yourself in neutral. I like that analogy because that is exactly how I feel when I'm dealing with apathy or I'm just, I have these feelings where I'm just unmotivated. Uh, it is putting myself right in neutral. Like I just take my foot off the accelerator and I'm just going to coast. And there's danger in that. There's danger to true community. There's danger to that. And I can lose sight of, you know, the job or career that I'm a part of. I can lose sight of the words that I'm using. I mean, I start talking differently when I'm feeling apathetic. There are so many things. This affects me in so many different ways. And it affects all of us in so many different ways. And uh, I want to continue to look at this book of Malachi a little bit. And in the context of even looking at the Bible, this is a real life example of God trying to get the attention of some apathetic people. Yeah. You know, I, it, it, we talked about Esau and how it says God hated Esau, but you got to remember Esau became the nation of Edomites and the Edomites aren't even around anymore. And and one of the, the, the interesting things about Esau is that he wasted all the potential that God gave him. I mean, today, if you talk about God, it's, it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It isn't the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. Hmm. that's huge. Yeah. He wasted it. Let's say I came to you, Jason, I came to you and I said, your life's a waste. How would you respond to me? I'd be like, what? Yeah. You start crying. Now, why would I ever say that to somebody? What if Jason, I came to you and I said, you know, Jason, I have the plan for you. And if you follow it, your life will be absolutely amazing. Hmm. And I see you look at the plan, tear it up, throw it away and do your own thing. Hmm. Yeah. How, how should I feel about you? In a very... You're a waste. Yeah. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And why are you a waste? It isn't because you're not listening to me now. The, the context of that doesn't fit everything because I'm human. But if I was God and I, I knew the plan. And I, right, it, right. So if I wrote it all down, I said, Jason, if you just follow this. You'll be set. I promise you this. Your life will be significant. Mm. <laughs> you, you will enjoy every day. Not, not, you won't be comfortable every day. I didn't say that. But, but you will enjoy the days. Your, your life will have meaning. You'll stand before God and enjoy that moment. Yeah. Just follow this, and I hand it to you. And, and, and what's happening here, I think, is the people are saying, I'm doing without that plan, and I can't figure out why God doesn't love me. Oh, and I'm thinking, oh, you messed up. You are royally messed up, mm-hmm. because that's not it. Now, if Jason, how old are you? 30. Okay, you're still young. Thank you. So I can come to you and say, Jason, you still have potential for several things in life. Mm-hmm. At my age, Jason, if you tell me I have potential, I think I wasted my life. Yeah. See, there's a point. It's, it, I call it the tipping point of potential. There's a point where you just wasted your life. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't be forgiven. It doesn't mean you can't have a good however many years you have left. But I'm telling you something. Potential is a great word for those who are young. And those who are young need to embrace it. Mm. Jeff or Jason, are you 
for sure going to be alive tomorrow? Nope. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Yep. I hope so. Okay. So you want to chill out today and do nothing, and tomorrow you may not be here? Ooh, now you're pushing my buttons. Well, man, if I did that, I would never get anything done. I know it. You know, the bottom line really is, when you think about it, there's a certain amount of arrogance, I think, that takes place when you think that I need to go into zero mode. Hmm. It's it's assuming you're going to have another day. Yeah. It's assuming that the friends that you love, you're going to be able to see them again another day. What would happen if you redeemed the time? If you actually used the time for something? Hmm. And you planned and you were intentional about it. And that's what we're talking about here. I think God was just upset with these guys because they were saying, you know, God doesn't love us anymore. Our lives are a wreck. And God's going, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I didn't cause that. Hmm. I gave you a choice. Why don't you do something different in life? And, and when you do something different, maybe it'll change the outcome then. But it's not me. I love you. You say, how have, how have I loved you? How? I've handed you plan after plan. Yeah. I You've got the whole Old Testament. This is the last book. I have interacted with you. You have rejected me. Hmm. And now you're blaming me. You know, the interesting thing, looking at Malachi, this is really God's wake-up call to this people. He's trying to get their attention. And looking at the end of that chapter, God's you know calling them out and just saying that their they're thinking basically is, is that everything that we're doing for God is just it's making me go weary. And I think that's kind of a, a, a sign that you're going into apathy mode is that you begin to give way to the feeling drained, yep. you know, to let those feelings overwhelm you and, and growing weary. And I think that can happen. And Dave, just like you said, when we're, when we're almost at a place where we're so blessed and we become so, it, it really is self-centered. When we have unmet needs in our life, like you talked about, Dave, we're not thinking about, you know, going into coast mode. We're looking for our needs to get met. But when we have all of our needs met, it becomes really easy to become me-centric and say, well, I'm comfortable, I got dry pants, I've got a warm place to live, I've got you know, food on the table, I've, I've got more homework than I care to have right now, and you know, I'm just going to kind of go into lazy mode. And I lose sight that there are really people who are right around me, very close to me even, who are in need of something. They're in need of maybe an emotional support. Maybe they're in need of some physical stuff going on. Maybe they struggle to put food on the table. Maybe they struggle to, to have adequate clothing, or maybe they're missing something that they really could use in their life. Maybe got you know more snow than they can shovel, whatever it is. They've got some needs, and we just take our eyes off of what's going on around us, and we begin to look back at, at ourselves and just think, well, here I am, I'm the center, and I, I'm fat, and I'm lazy, and this is what I want to be right now because I feel this way. And and it's so hard sometimes to not give in to those feelings, but I think what we have to do when you start to feel those thoughts of apathy coming in, sense that, that apathy taking root is to not let your mind get in the way, but to keep your body positioned. And maybe that means you know turning your chair and looking and seeing that person across the the lunchroom and that's just sitting by themselves and and maybe they're asking some real deep questions maybe they're struggling with life right now and and you just see them and you you begin to notice somebody else around you there are people if we're just willing to look for it there are people that are right near us 
that need us in their life. We need community, but they need community just like we do, and we can't be selfish with this. So I want to talk about this, Dave, when we come back, because I think not only does Malachi have something to really show us and, and help us to get through this part of it, but to build true community, we have to acknowledge some of the hurdles that get in the way, like apathy, like lack of motivation, like self-centeredness. This, these things all get in the way of real community. Let's talk about this when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, Hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Dave, we've been talking about apathy and in some ways overcoming apathy, but building real, true community. And we've talked about some things on the show, a couple of couple of points you brought up. And Malachi opens up and he's talking about really what it looks like to live in a worthless community. If we're looking for true community, I think it's important to, rec- to acknowledge that some of us, many of us are in in some kind of a community that just dysfunctional and what I would consider worthless community because there are things that we're doing that do not bring in health and they almost enable us. And we were, we're going to talk about this more on the show, but enable us to live in a way where it's not reality. We become apathetic. We become complacent. We lack motivation. And pretty soon we're stuck in neutral and everybody around us is stuck in neutral. And it's like, Nothing's happening. And if we're not careful, this can lead to some bigger problems down the road. And this can be this time of year, but it can be any time of year, any any situation. Sometimes we go through things in life that we don't understand. And all of a sudden it's like we're so overwhelmed, we're you know, we're overstimulated, we're trying to figure so many different things out that eventually, like you talk about, Dave, we just go numb. The pain and the problems, the situation is just too overwhelming. I just, I have to go in neutral because if I continue to think about it or I could continue to try to resolve it myself, it's not working. Yep. And going in neutral doesn't solve the situation though either. Nope. So I think it's important to, to really talk about that because if we can't go in neutral, we can't be apathetic about it. God doesn't want us to be apathetic in our life. Then how do we address this? Okay. We admit that there's a problem. We admit that, okay, I need to have community in my life. So I'm just going to go. The thing that I've heard and the thing that I've felt too from some people is that the reason they don't engage in their community is because they are feeling apathetic and because they're feeling like they could almost be a parasite to the people around them and drag other people down with their attitude You know, that's apathetic right now. As a person, and maybe you want to talk about this, as a person who is seeing this happening where people are becoming apathetic, how do I love people? that are apathetic? How do I truly care for them? How do I love them the way that they need to be loved? And uh, in the context of community, how can we do this together to help one another pull out of this funk? Can young people do this for elders as well, for people who are maybe teachers or youth workers or parents? I mean, parents, let's admit it, parents get downright apathetic about life sometimes too. Hey, community goes both ways. It goes every way. Yeah. You know, it's important to understand that. You know, and I think there's a certain sense of vulnerability there, too. The examples that we looked at, everybody didn't want to say anything, whether it was because they all thought they were in the right or they didn't want to speak up. But I think in community, you need to be willing to not only take that step if you see something speak up, but then also be the sort of person that's willing to listen. Yep. And that's key. I mean, you look at, I mean, even David, you know, there was people that came to him, you know, that, that warned him. You know, and yep. he had two choices to either listen or just reject it. Right. You know, and I think we all have that too. Sometimes we do have people that come to us because we're being apathetic 
And, you know, it's, it's just like the illustration that Dave talked about. He's like, all right, if God came to us and said, I have the plan for you, here it is. You know, are we going to accept it or reject it? As I live life with Dave or with Jeff, you know, it's both of our responsibilities to make sure that we're on the right track. And that's the courage to, to speak out and say, you know what, Dave, I've, I've noticed this. But then it's also the courage for him to say, you know what? I could see that, and yep. I need to change that. Yeah, we've all got huge blind spots in community that are necessary. I mean, I, I've had some real serious health issues, and apart from the people on our staff here who insisted I go into the doctor, I could have been dead very easily. Yeah, That's community, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't see it. Right. You don't see it, you, you know, and, and you're insisting it's another way. Mm-hmm. And you need community at certain points. Everybody needs community at a certain point. Yeah. You know, if, if I saw you, Jason, going numb, mm-hmm. It is my responsibility to start going after you. Yeah. It isn't my responsibility to say, well, Jason's just blowing it out. Now I go, hey, what's going on? What? I would start digging around. I would try, try to figure out why you're doing this. Why? Because it's community. And, and we should. And I've done that. And you know what? Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. If you honestly think that trying to do something is totally futile, you go, no, you quit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I could use politics for that. I mean, how many people in our country really think their vote matters? Do you, do you think your vote matters? Uh, you want to give me an evangelical answer, but down deep in your heart, do you think your vote matters? No. See, I don't think my vote matters anymore. I'm 60 yeah. years old. Yeah. Why? Because I'm looking at the mess, and we can't seem to straighten it out. It doesn't seem to be a lot of good options for me. I mean, I'm not getting political or anything, but it's like, okay, uh-huh. so I can't do anything. So instead, I just don't do anything. You know what I mean? Since I can't do anything, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. Well, that's not how it is in life. We think we can't do anything. Well, it's not really about us doing anything. It's about letting God do things and just listening to him. Again, it's God hands me the plan. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to ignore it and then blame him, it doesn't make any sense at all. Let's say that you came into me and you're trying to figure out a problem. Yeah. But you really don't see the problem, but you're trying to figure it out. Yeah. So maybe you don't feel good about something or you're at whatever. What you got to do is start with the idea that, first of all, there's people in your life, in your community that actually would care and help you and not beat you up because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe it or not, and you've heard, uh, you know, I honestly believe that sexual sins, all sexual sins are wrong, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you need to be absent before marriage. You need to be pure in marriage. And homosexuality is a sin, just like those who are committing adultery is a sin, etc. But through the years, I've had many young men who struggle with homosexuality who have come to me and talked to me and told me they struggle with it. Yeah. And, I, and I think, well, good. See, you've learned about community. You have learned that there's an older guy that, that says, boy, this is wrong, but you can come and tell me that this is what you're struggling with. So now I am part of a community that can help you start to see things in the way that you should so you can be healthy one day. Mm-hmm. And, and that's an attitude. Right. Here's another thing. When, when I see somebody and they are apathetic or they're depressed or they're angry with people or whatever it might be, one of the things I like telling them is, like if I'm going to UJ and I, and I see something that's not right, I say, you know what, the, the depression I see in your life right now, that's not a fruit of the Spirit. And I'll just stop. Yeah. Now what am I doing? No, you're not helping anything. No, I'm not helping anything, but I am exposing that there's an issue there. Right. I'm trying to get you to move. Yeah. In other words... What we don't want to do is, is talk about the obvious. Right. And the Bible tells us you're going to know things by their fruits. You're going to know people by their fruits. Yeah. So that's how we know. So, so if all of a sudden, Jason, you see me walking around, I'm a depressed man, it would be okay for you to come up next to me and say, you know what? Dave, being depressed is not a fruit of the Spirit. You want to talk about it? Mm-hmm. And I might say, well, you know, Jay, just get out of my life. And all of a sudden you realize, okay, 
Now he's trying to kick community out. Mm-hmm. Now he's in worse trouble than I thought. Yeah. Because there's no way sometimes without community that I'm going to get out of that. Mm. So I need community at that point. And how many times have, have you or, or Jeff, how many times have you heard somebody who's in trouble and it's obvious and you're trying to help them? They say, just leave me alone. Few times. Usually they want help. Yeah, my mom was having a stroke and she told me to leave her alone. Hmm. She just wanted to go home and go to bed. Yeah. She was having a stroke. I said, no, mom, I'm not. I'm community. I'm your son. You're going to the hospital. I'm going with you. That's community right there. That's what we need. If, if you're going to kick out community when you need it the most, you're a fool. There's no way to be okay. And you have to build that community before you need it Yeah. because there'll be a time. I am very comfortable aging here at Silverberg Trance because there's enough people around that are community that can tell me, look, you're slurring your words. Nobody understands what you're saying. we got to work on this. Mm. I understand that. And, and when I hear it, you know, I know it's going to come one day. Yeah. That's the way life is. Yep. But you need to have faith that there's a community around that, that loves you that will allow you to get old mm. and, and allow you to be who you are and still you know, trust that there's a plan that God has for whatever your future might be. Community is vital. You need to be in one. That's a really good example there, Dave, of one of the things that brings about a worthless community. And that is a sense of pride that I am, I'm greater than anybody's help, that I don't need other people's help. I don't need them to input into my life. And that's, that's a symptom of pride. That's, that's showing that there's nothing that you can do to make me better. And that's not a successful way of looking at it. That's not a community that you want to build because really community is one person lending a hand, meeting a need of somebody else who couldn't meet that need themselves. Maybe they could, but the reality is we're living in community. We're, we're doing life together and that's the whole idea. And so tonight I want to encourage you, if this has been the season that you're in, maybe you've been abandoning, connecting with other people. Maybe you've been withdrawing from relationships. Maybe some things have have kind of changed in your life recently and, and you're just unsure of some things, I want to encourage you to press through that barrier. Press through whatever that mindset is that you're thinking through tonight and, and you're just having a hard time wrapping your head around. Take steps back toward relationship. Open the door. Sometimes it is a physical door. Open your door. Get out of isolation. Get out of your room. Get out of your your little bubble that you've created for so long and break through that boundary and just open up dialogue. Find someone that is safe to talk to. And if you need to, live coaches are available, but talk to somebody about these feelings that you're having. Don't sit in isolation. That's one thing that a worthless community does is they just begin to isolate themselves and and begin to see themselves as, well, poor me, or, you know, I can handle this myself. No, seriously, break through those walls, open the door, have real relationship. And we're going to break this down, talk more about some ways that we can break through the worthless community so that you can actually build a real life-giving community around you. And we'll be back here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. True community. This is the first part in our next series on what true community looks like. Tonight we're talking about the worthless community here on HopeNet Radio. And if you missed the part of the conversation, we've had a, a great discussion tonight. And you can go back, listen to the podcast. Go and download it. Share it with your friends. Let people know they can catch the show because, uh, like me... 
so many of us have seen people, we've met people that are apathetic. And while it's not an easy thing to talk about or bring up, it's important that somebody starts the dialogue. Somebody just says, hey, look, we have a problem with apathy. Let's just get it out there. Let's just talk about it. Let's just admit it and move forward. Because when we can finally admit it, that's kind of the first step, I think, to actually seeing some resolution to this symptom that seems to be so, it's so progressive and it moves through a, a physical community. You know, there are people that you connect with somebody who is just feeling, you know, not motivated. It's so easy to just, instead of going and being motivated, sometimes it's just easier to not be motivated. And I can give into that so easily when I see somebody else doing it. So that's one of the things, just one of the things. And as we close our discussion for this week, Dave, Jason, I'd love to hear some of your guys' final thoughts. I mean, it's a big conversation. We've opened a huge can of worms, you know, number one, talking about it, but then also how do we help bring some kind of a closure to at least this part of the conversation? Bottom line really is, we've talked about this in mentoring, that if you're going to be in, in a mentoring relationship, you need to do life with somebody. Now we're talking about it in a broader sense where you need to be in a community that's actually worthwhile. And if you're not in a community that's worthwhile, you're going to be in trouble. We have a tendency to run away from what's worthwhile because uh, if we are challenged in our life, we have a feeling that uh, that people don't like us or that no, the truth is, if you're challenged, it makes you human. Well, all of us are sinful people. We all make mistakes. And and if you're challenged, it doesn't mean the person that challenged you is judging you or not liking you. It means that they actually care about you. If somebody would take the time to actually ask you about something in your life that you're uncomfortable with, I think you should look at them and say, thanks for caring first, and then answer them. Hmm. Because that's what they're doing. They're actually caring. Now, they may be wrong in what they're observing. That's fine. But before you get defensive, because this community thing goes two ways. People in a church, in a, in a neighborhood, in a ministry, they should be on one side of the community. The older ones should be looking for younger ones that they can help. And and, and the younger ones, though, need to allow that and say, I, I want that input. I know it's easy to take somebody that's older and say, well, you know, it's, you're just older. This is what you think. This is what you, you know, we do it differently. You know, that that's true. But all the way through history and everywhere around the world, the problems are always the same. Yeah. And that's what you want to look for, somebody who understands that and will come to you and help you with that. Not, not all the methods that change and all the different things. And that, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about somebody who is, uh, as I've described God, so much older than you and smarter than you in, in experience anyway, in some area. And loves you. So you can trust them and, and work with them. And that's what we need community to be. And I encourage you to be in community or be cut off from community and really slowly wither and die. Yeah. Jason, you said something really interesting in part of our conversations tonight. You used the word vulnerability. Yeah. I love that word. It's it's sometimes a dangerous word because, again, the, the meaning of vulnerability, it's opening yourself up for someone to look inside and just see what's really in there and what's really going on. And that's not easy for people to do. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm not saying just go and, and blurt out all of your stuff to everybody that you see, but you know, to the people within the community that you trust, you know, the key in vulnerability is taking the focus off of yourself, you know, and being willing to open up yourself. Cause I think that once we get in a rut, whether it's, be, you know, getting in the rut of being apathetic or woe is me and, and that sort of thing, all of a sudden our mindset is on ourselves rather than on the community about loving God and loving others. And, and that step of vulnerability is actually saying, all right, I realize that yes, I have this issue. So I'm going to see if somebody else can help me with this issue 
and and the opposite of vulnerability is I have an issue where I think maybe I maybe sometimes you don't even know you have an issue, but I'm going to try to deal with it myself, you know, or just ignore it, and uh, and that that's the difference, and that's 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 you know the opposite of what we want in community. And community, you want that vulnerability. You want to be able to say take up and say, you know what, let's do life on life together. We talked about that last month with mentoring, but it's it's really taking that step further and going both ways with it. It's it's willing to to share in the lives of others when you see something, and it's also willing to to take it yourself. Not not taking away where you think they're attacking you, like Dave talked about, but taking away and like, all right, let's let's grow together. Let's let's do this together because we know that that we're trying to sharpen each other, and that's that's what the community is all about and that's how we can better each other towards growing in our walk with Christ and and working with that because we all still fight temptation we all still fight sin and we will until we're reunited in glory with Jesus and so we need to to work at that together so that we can fight that battle and encourage each other and grow together because it's that's what sanctification another big word is all about whoa it's that process and that exactly is what it is a process um, and we need other people to help us with that process and not just ourselves. Right. You know, that, that's such a great thing to think about. You know, the whole, that is a big word, sanctification and everything else in there. But vulnerability, the need to being vulnerable, every person needs to do this. Every leader has to have someone that they can be vulnerable with and to confess things that you're not proud of, that you're maybe even, even acknowledging that you are just feeling unmotivated. Um, to someone who is a leader, to someone who is in authority, that is, that's a dangerous way to look at, it's a dangerous thing to say sometimes to, if you say it to the wrong person because, you know, your job can be on the line. Someone can say, well, you're just not fit to lead or you're not fit to, to be in this position. And the reality is, is every one of us, none of us are perfect. Every one of us will struggle with this in, in some point in our life. And that's, it's just normal. I, I hope we can actually have the courage to say, look, this is normal. We need to just talk about it. We need to, to open up and have a dialogue. What happens is if there's a stigma around even feeling apathetic or being unmotivated, we then will close ourselves off from relationships and just say, you, I can't talk about this with so-and-so. I can't talk about this with so-and-so. And you know what that is? That's just a lie. It's a lie that we're convinced in our mind that it's, you know, while it's not okay to be this way, it's not okay to talk about it. I think it is important to talk about it. And so hopefully we've opened up some of the dialogue for you. Go and read from the book of Malachi and read that first chapter and just see what God is outlining to his people. It's fascinating. We're going to discuss this book in further detail as we go on this series about true community. But this is something that until we address the ways that we've allowed a false community or a worthless community to surround us in our life or we've taken part in what I would consider a worthless community, we can't change. But we all are wired for community and real, true community. That's the point of this series. We're going to continue this conversation online. So if you are on Twitter, use the hashtag HNRTV. Be a part of the HopeNet Radio tweet back. We'd love to hear some of your insights, some ways maybe that you have beat this whole apathetic thing. Maybe you're struggling along with us, and you're so you're kind of in that mode right now where you're like, guys, uh, great conversation. I just, I'm not sure how to get through this. Well, we want to chat with you tonight. Be a part of the tweet back with us. You can always email us more anonymously if you want to do that at hope at hopenet360.com. Again, on our website, hopenet360.com, live coaches are available to chat with. You can download tonight's episode there at hopenet360.com slash podcast or on your favorite podcasting app. 
Also, coaching information if you want to become a mentor or someone that pours into somebody else and looking at becoming an online coach with our crisis chat line through Groundwire, check out hopenet360.com slash coach. All the links are there. And for all of us here on HopeNet Radio, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you guys online and next week. Bye. Later. 